Hey guys, hope everything is well wherever you are, however you're listening to this episode of a 49er Faithful in El Paso, Texas. And I know it's been a long while since the last time I did an episode, honestly, since hmm, the top half of last year, I guess May. But now I am back and I will be talking about the 49ers, the NFC West, the NFC, the NFL in general. But I'll also be throwing out content now with regards to other things that I find appealing, such as gaming, weight training, movies. But for the most part, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna i be sticking to the 49ers and the NFL. So yes, I am very glad to be back. And actually, today's episode is going to be about NFL defensive and J.J. Watt, who was recently released from the Houston Texans. With all that being said, let's get started. J.J. Watt was just released this past Friday. February 12th, 2021, depending on when you're listening to this, because as of the recording of it, it was Sunday night heading into Monday morning. Now, I'm not going to do a deep dive into his career, but I'll just give some background information that I found useful. He played his college ball with the Wisconsin Badgers, and once he was finished with college and entered the NFL draft, he was selected in 2011 with the uh, number 11 overall pick, Uh, by the Houston Texans. Now, it may or may not be surprising, I found it a little surprising, that in 2011, the Rookie Defensive Player of the Year was not J.J. Watt. Actually, that honor went to linebacker Vaughn Miller from Texas A&M, who was drafted number two overall by the Denver Broncos. Now, I don't know if it was simply because he hadn't gotten acclimated to the NFL game and NFL offensive linemen uh, his rookie year, but once... His second year came around, that's when he started to assert his dominance. In 2012, 2014, and 2015, that's when he went on to win NFL Defensive Player of the Year. And in 12 and 14 in particular is when he accumulated 20 and a half sacks those two years. Now, some other notable stats and achievements include being part of the 100 Sack Club, in 2012 and 2015, actually leading the league in sacks. Being a five-time Pro Bowler, a five-time All-Pro, ranking number one overall of the top 100 players in 2015. Winning the Walter Player NFL Man of the Year Award in 2017. And actually finishing runner-up NFL MVP to A.A. Rod of the Green Bay Packers in 2014. Unfortunately, moving forward from 2016 to his last season with the Texans, 2020 injuries would begin to take their toll. And out of those five seasons, he would only play two full seasons or all 16 games. With uh, seasons 16 and 17, he was only available to be on the field uh, three and five games respectively. 2018, he did play 16 games and seemed to return to dominant form as he collected 18 sacks. But in 2019, that's when he uh, tore his pectoral muscle and was only able to play eight games before returning into the playoffs. In 2020, he did play a full slate of 16 games, but he was not as dominant because we can only assume he's getting older and the talent around him defensively had eroded. And of course, coming back all the way around to it, he does go ahead and request and is granted his release from the Houston Texans uh, once the Super Bowl was concluded. Now, why am I talking about J.J. Watt? Does he really have anything to do with the Niners? Directly 
or indirectly? Well, it's hard to say at this point. It really is. From a fan's perspective, I am one of those that falls on the side that, yes, I would like to see him on the roster. And I get that there are other faithful out there who are of the thinking that J.J. Watt is too old, too slow, too injury-prone, doesn't have anything left to give. And I see all that, especially since his last season with the Texans. He did play all 16 games, but only managed five sacks, which was the worst per-season total of his entire career, even less than his rookie year where he uh, chipped in 5.5 sacks. Now, I know the 49ers barely have any cap room. Uh, $13 million in, in cap space. That's already, in, that's already including the, uh, the, rookie, the rookie draft selections, uh, from what I understand. And I know that they have their own free agents that are getting ready to hit the market that they would like to resign. Uh, examples or notable examples include Trent Williams, Jason Verrett. I know they recently signed Jeff Wilson Jr., but the list goes on and on and on and on with all the 49ers uh, pending free agents. Now, I do know, my fellow faithful, that it's highly unlikely that J.J. Watt and the 49ers are going to look at each other with mutual interest and eventually consummate a deal, but just indulge me here. Imagine any down a distance, a defensive line that features a healthy Nick Bosa, Javon Kinlaw, Eric Armstead, and J.J. Watt, all on the field at the same time. That's what I'm looking at. And honestly, I think with that kind of talent next to him, I, I could see him revitalizing his career at least for one or two years with the 49ers. Again, realistically, do I see him coming to the Niners? No, I really don't. Especially, once again, given the limited cap room and the target and the 49ers' own free agents that they are going to go ahead and target. While not impossible, it's not realistic that J.J. Watt is coming to our 49ers. Where is it, realistically, that he has a chance to land? Well... Based on what articles you read, what outlet you watch, ESPN, NFL Network, Fox, or what podcast you're listening to, there are three names, I'm sorry, there are three teams that are constantly coming up uh, that I've seen. Uh, don't get me wrong, there's other teams also, but there are three that continuously come up. The first one is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's obvious because his two other brothers are up there along, uh, well, not along with, but in particular, T.J. Watt, who almost won NFL Defensive Player of the Year before being etched out by the Rams' Aaron Donald. The next one would be the Buffalo Bills, whose defense could definitely benefit from a player like J.J. Watt, I'm sorry, J.J. Watt, joining their defensive line. As there's really not anybody that I can think of, again, I'm not a Bills fan, but there's nobody that I can I can think of that just you know stands out on that defensive line, and I know J.J. Watt would bring bring a presence if not an impact, along with some veteran leadership. The third team, and this is what's a little bit worrisome for me, despite you know what other people may say, in particular my fellow faithful, with regards to his age and his ability to produce, are the Green Bay Packers, and that's simply because he's a native Wisconsin who, of course, played his ball. 
uh, with the Wisconsin Badgers. Now, there's several issues with these teams, you know, landing J.J. Watt. Right now, as we're speaking, the Pittsburgh Steelers right now are $30 million over the cap. The Green Bay Packers are currently almost $20 million, actually $19.8 million over the cap. And even the Bills, who honestly look like a very good fit to me, as long as he stays in the AFC, they're $1.8 million um, over the cap. And you can find all the cap information with regards to these teams or any team, including our San Francisco 49ers, by going to overthecap.com and seeing their current uh, cap situation. I was looking at it simply because I wanted to see realistically before any type of cuts or deals are made between the Steelers, Bills, Packers, you know, what chance they would have to sign a aging yet still effective player like J.J. Watt. And as you can see, especially with the Steelers, a lot of maneuvering is going to need to be done. Now, you may be asking yourself, based on what you hear, well, what about those damn Seattle Seahawks? They're always looking for good defensive line help. Now, normally that kind of thinking would get me nervous, but you kind of have to understand that there's a lot of Seahawks fans that are trying to run out a certain quarterback named Russell Wilson, who just kind of complained that he's getting hit way too much, which, regardless of who you root for, if you've watched the Seattle Seahawks game, yeah, that guy takes a pounding. So the logical thought process is those guys are going to concentrate on upgrading their offensive line. But knowing Pete Carroll, anything is possible with defensive linemen. But I don't see it happening. I just hope he goes somewhere to the AFC if he doesn't land with the 49ers. All that being said, again, realistically, I know he's not coming to the 49ers. I would like to see him there, but no, it's not going to happen. As long as he doesn't end up with the Packers, and especially the Seahawks, if he ends up in a, with a playoff contender somewhere in the AFC, good for him. He deserves a shot at a championship, and hopefully it does not come at the expense of our 49ers. And if he goes to the AFC and meets the 49ers in the Super Bowl, then I'm sorry, J.J. Watt, that you chose wrong. And with all that said, I'm going to go ahead and conclude this episode. I want to take the time to thank you for listening to today's episode. Hope you all stay safe wherever you are, however you're listening. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Take care.